1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we move slowly towards the end of the winter break. Rangers round off their game preparations with a friendly draw against Copenhagen as Philippe Clement outlines his transfer plans. Nicholas Kuhn is now a Celtic player and says he's aiming to reach the top of domestic and European football. And Curtis Main signs for Dundee as Motherwell close in on a move for Andy Halliday. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me in the studio is Simon Donnelly and Marvin Bartley. You've not had a winter break anyway. You've been plugging away, working hard and a big weekend in the Scottish Cup. Can you cause a shock? Uh, yeah, I've been grinding away, Gordon. Um, hopefully, as you said there, the big boys are back in town, aren't they? So... You know, straight into the Scottish Cup action and hopefully there's a few upsets with us being one of them. Mm, St Mirren fans won't like any talk of that <laughs> and we will remain balanced, I am sure. Uh, but Simon, I think I think we, we, we've done our time. We've been we patient. Done our time. We've had the break. Let's let's just get the, the top flight teams back now, yes, please. we have done our time and without being disrespectful to the guy to my left, the big boys are back. Uh, this weekend, the winter break is almost over. So I'm looking forward to the games and then obviously... You know, this is where it kicks in as well with the, the Premier League the following week as well, the big boys. You know, this is where the, the business end of the season, so all to look forward to. But it has not been quiet on here. So 01419511025 is still the number you need and we'd love to hear from you tonight. We will stoop to any depths to talk about football matches. I don't care if it was a friendly in the freezing cold <laughs> in Glasgow last night. If you were there, Rangers fans, you might as well call us and tell us what you made of it. Did you learn anything? Can you learn anything? What did you learn? What did you take away? What did you make of it? Anything at all. Even if it's a call to say, I learned nothing and won't go to another <laughs> friendly ever again. That's fine. We are here for the lot of it. So 0141... 951-1025 Were you at Ibrooks last night? What did you make of it? What did you take away? What did you learn? How does it set you up going forward? We'll hear from Philippe Clement He's speaking about his transfer plans um, Mostly involving Ridvan Yilmaz Potentially There's another injury This time to Kieran Dowell as well So any thoughts on all of those? Get your calls in And it's been the longest running transfer story Of the last couple of weeks Nicholas Kuhn He is now a Celtic player You just get that feeling Celtic waited until we went off air last night <laughs> uh, And then announced it about 10 o'clock I think it was um, So now it's official What do you make of it Celtic fans? Um, how do you look forward to him? Uh, and where is he fitting in the jigsaw? What needs to come next? What's what's the, the overall transfer picture looking like? And we'll hear from him as well He's spoken today for the first time as a Celtic player There are other pieces of business Doing the rounds As I said in the headlines Curtis Main a Man of quite a few clubs now In the Scottish top flight Has signed for Dundee We await The biggest deal of the window By an absolute mile Will be Andy Halliday to Motherwell If and when it happens This has got Clyde One Super Scoreboard <laughs> Written all over it that move Oh honestly What that move's going to do to this show I have no idea But anyway um, I'm assuming We'll hear something about that in the not too distant future. Uh, so anything at all out there, 0141-951-1025. That is the number you need. And apologies to those who are watching uh, on the live stream because we appear to have left all the sign balls on the desk in front of us, which just shows how hopeless this lot are 
uh, beat the pundit. We usually tidy up, but the guys were <laughs> being forced to sign their lives away on the sign balls. The good thing is when it zooms in on me or Marvin or Simon, you can't see them. But when it goes to that wide shot, as soon yeah. as the show started, I looked up at the monitor and thought, hmm. <laughs> Something's not right. We probably should have taken them all off the desk. But there we have it. 0141-951-1025. Give us a call. Let us know what is on your mind. I feel like the theme of the winter break shows would normally be transfers. And we've mm -hmm. been, I think we've been starting to get a bit worried. It was looking a bit slow. Um... We knew Nicholas Coon would happen. It hadn't when we were here last night. But like we said, that's now confirmed. Is that the floodgates opening? Or do we just need to strap ourselves in for a, a quiet window? Is that Possibly. Possibly. I think from a from a Celtic point of view, obviously you watch little bits on social media and I think that the fans were quite impatient. I think they're used to, certainly in the last couple of seasons with Ange, uh, the transfer business being done quite quickly. So I think, you know, we're what, on the 17th of January today, is that right? And you know, couldn't has got over the line. So I think I think the the fans will be happy with that. I won't lie to you. I don't know much about the, the lad. I've looked at his you know coming in from Rapid Vienna. Uh, it's a position in the, the the team where you know Celtic have got a lot of wide players there, which might signal you know one or two maybe moving out. But yeah, to answer your question, yeah, that might open the, the floodgates. Time will tell. We've got what fourteen two weeks left. We will see. We will see. 01419511025. If you want to talk transfers, the business your team's done so far, the business you hope they will do, whether that's just general looking at positions you want filled, maybe it's something specific, you've got a player in mind. It's a blank canvas during the winter break. This was the week that we had. I a thought you might have gave us the quiz. I listened to the quiz last Did week. Did you like that? Bro, I thought me and you would have had. Did you listen to it? No. No. Thanks. Thanks, Marvin. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I don't know what you're on about. Gordon really good. DL versus I thought Mark it was Wilson really good last Thursday. I think you should, long maybe quiz. should do that oh, one, wow. once a week. Um, we used to do it a lot during lockdown and so on. We've done it sporadically since. And in Music the, rounds and different yeah. oh, All sorts. I'll seemed a lot of fun. Away, huh? There was like a phone a friend and the friend was Roger Hannah. Roger Hannah. Yeah. There was like an ask the audience. It was, it was, um, yeah, it was great. They, they didn't let us down. They were quite entertaining and we're actually going to do it again tomorrow because in, after a steward's inquiry, we realised that they, that draw, they drew. It? They oh. drew last week. So, got to so go for it again. we're going to settle it tomorrow, hopefully. 01419511025. Tune in, Marv. I will do. 1025. That's the number uh, you need. Right, Rangers fans, what about last night? I know, I know lots of you went, braved the cold. Um, I know lots of you would have watched it on various uh, devices. So what did you make of it? Can you take anything away from a friendly... What did you learn? What was your what was your feeling after it? Were you were you encouraged by what you saw? Uh, were you not so encouraged by what you saw? Were you somewhere in between? Do let us know on 01419511025 right now, uh, if you can. Just to set the tone for you, and whilst you get your calls in, um, let's hear from Philippe Clement. He was talking about his transfers, says he's still keen to make a few more signings this window. He says everyone at the club is working hard to make it happen. Yes, uh, everybody's aligned about that, that we need uh, a few more in certain positions and uh, and everybody in the club who is involved in that is working day and night about that, I know. We're a lot in contact, it's been really busy with those things, but until a signature is, is set, until that is not done, it's not done, so uh, I'm waiting and uh, and I'm focused on the players who are here. 
beside all the talks uh, that we have with with uh, with other players and looking at other players. So that's my job to do in January. That's why for every manager, when it's the first of February, uh, we are always very happy that this hectic period can can stop. I feel like that's um, part of the way of things in a, a January break friendly where Philippe Clement wants to learn some things about his mm-hmm. team um, but lots of other people are waiting for full time so they can get the chance to speak to him so they can find out what's <laughs> happening and tra- everything <laughs> comes back to transfers at this time doesn't it yeah yeah it's massive you know like you said not only the fans want transfers but so do managers especially when you're kind of new into the job and you know it's your first window to go and really implement you know the players that you want on your style you know also want the players with the winter break that just came up um, I just wonder if Celtic and Rangers, in terms of the numbers that they have of players in the building, whether it's, you know, wanting players out before they get them in. I think there has to be a balancing act. And I know fans are always like, more players, more players, more players. But from a manager's point of view, you know, Gordon, when you go above kind of 20 outfield players, training becomes a nightmare. And you've yeah. got boys sitting to the side and all sorts. And you don't want that because, you know, it creates a real bad atmosphere for the ones who aren't, you know, maybe involved. So... I think they have to be probably a little bit patient with it. I think we've seen that across at Celtic and I think Rangers will be the same. I think they want players out as you know, as well as you know, two or three more in. A very frustrating time then, isn't it? Because you understand the need to be patient. Who wants to be patient? Who's got time to <laughs> no. be patient in Scottish football? Yeah, Mar- Marv's the voice of reason there. He's obviously still yeah, in the game. He, he we're, we're, we're just wanting players. <laughs> yeah, just more, more. Yeah, there and everywhere. <laughs> uh, to excite the fans. But yeah, no, listen, Marv's absolutely right. You know, I can remember back to my coaching days myself, numbers is Mm -hmm. crucial when you're trying to put on sessions and as you quite rightly said there as well, you you don't want an environment created in your dressing room where there is maybe five, six players that aren't, you know, in the picture and for whatever reason creating, you know, chaos. So it's it's a balancing act, uh, this transfer window. But you're always going to get the fans. You're always going to get the supporters wanting new faces uh, every window, and and that's part and parcel of it. Yeah, what do you make of that, Rangers fans? Those comments as well. Are you still confident you'll do the business you need to, or are you starting to get a bit worried about it? Do let us know on zero one four one nine five one one zero two five. Like we said, we'll take your game specific thoughts on Copenhagen last night as well. Um, Jeff's on the line. Jeff, do you take much away from friendlies? Did you learn anything? Um, I used to go to families in my younger days, and I was quite—I uh, can be quite impressed. But with this season, I think the families have been a wee bit sort of dodgy because if you get an injury, you scupper the the, the team for the rest of the season, or depending on how bad the the injury is. Um, I was quite impressed with the goals last night. Um, I still think we need a, a, a striker, another striker, just to to uh, fill it, fill yeah. it in. Well, that's um, an interesting and... point, I think, because look, we we joked last night. There was a, a guy came on. He said that not only would a, a hat trick for Cyril Dessers last night not do anything <laughs> for for this guy's opinion? Even if he scored a hat trick against Celtic, it wouldn't change his <laughs> mind. Which Hugh Evans was not was not buying that. No. He did score last night. Mm-hmm. Again, Marvin, you're just, you know, you're in the game, albeit at different circumstances. Can, can you take anything? Can it can it be a springboard for people? Can you learn something that you want to take in? Or is it just that lack of 
competitive nature makes that really difficult. No, you can definitely learn from it, um, you know, especially from a manager's point of view, because there could have been things that Rangers have been working on, you know, during that winter break, and you know, Dessers might have trained really well, and then that's kind of the the icing on the cake. He comes on and you know he scores and he scores in the friendly. Um, so the manager might look at him in a different light now. He's he's going to get opportunities. There's no doubt about it. I know Rangers fans have been chasing an extra striker. I know they've brought in Silver, and, and I've said already that you know I expect him to take that number nine jersey and be backed up by the rest. Um, See on that though, this mm-hmm. is because I. You know, Andrew McLean was there for this show last night. Yeah. Was speaking to him, speaking to a few people who've been there, taking a look at social media. Although you need to be patient, if, if there's a snap judgment to be had on Fabio Silva, it's possibly that he doesn't look like an out and out number nine. And it looks more like he's more comfortable sort of dropping in and playing a bit deeper and, and linking things up. Does that suggest, you know, Rangers still definitely need to go and do more and no, the, the, the proper top end. It's just the style that he plays at Gordon, like you just said there. He likes to drop in and get on the ball, but we saw Firmino do it at Liverpool and be ever so successful. You know, it's about the pace you have either side of it when mm-hmm. he is doing that or your number 10 running forward. Not all number nines are out and out sure. strikers. But, well, in terms of the volume then, though, mm-hmm. the guy you mentioned, and I know we're talking about a different level here, yeah. but he, he has... His pals scored a lot to, to allow him to sort of drop in there, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. No, no definitely, but... Yeah, that, that's going to be a thing. It's going to take goals. He's not going to come and get you, you know, 25, 30 goals in a season. I know he's only got half a season, but he's not going to hit those sorts of numbers. But people around him, you know, he's going to create space for them and then they're going to have to take the opportunities. So, listen, I can't see them bringing in another striker, whether you think Silva's an out striker or not. Mm. I mean, Jeffrey did say it can be risky of, of injuries. I suppose that can happen anywhere. But there was another one, Kieran Dowell, um, from the friendly at the weekend. He's now out for a couple of months. How frustrating is that to hear? Sorry, you talking to me? Yes, sorry, Jeffrey. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, see, that's the thing with families. I mean, I haven't seen much of Kieran Dill in the in the team this season so far, so it's very hard to make a comparison. Yeah. Um, it's see, that's the trouble. Um, well, that's it. That's partly why you know yeah. there has been there's been injuries, Marvin, yeah. um, and I think obviously people can get injured. You know, you can get. Unfortunate. I was just about to say, like, but at the same time, though, if your Rangers fans are tearing their hair out because it's yeah. always somebody every mm-hmm. week, it's somebody new. This it time, could be a training session, though, Gordon, as you say, there it could be absolutely. it could be anything, and, and and the manager might argue that you know it's more well, it is, it's a game mm-hmm. situation. Last night, this was before. Sorry, this was the weekend. weekend so sorry. Yeah. I think the pitch wasn't great in La Manga. Oh, so again, it's that frustrating as well because you've you know it's, it's by design. You're, you're sort of there, yeah. hoping yeah. that hoping that stuff like that doesn't happen. Yeah, I think it's definitely more frustrating when, like you said, it, it's down to kind of the pitch which you expect when you do go abroad to be you know perfect, perfect. condition. Exactly what they have at their training ground. So that will be frustrating for sure. But like Simon said, sometimes these things are unavoidable. I know that one, like we're saying, is the pitch and you know people playing in friendlies or, or training, etc. It's going to happen. It's part and parcel. It just seems it doesn't rain, it pours. You know, when you do get a couple of injuries, it just, you know, continues for, you know, an awful long time and you miss important players. Um, but, listen, it's up to somebody else to step in. I know they've lost another body, they've got another body down, but it's part and parcel of the game. Right, let's hear a bit more from Philippe Clement. If there was one name on the team sheet last night that people were, were paying a bit of attention to before the game, it would be Ridvan Yilmaz, because every day it feels like there's more speculation about him leaving. But not only was he there last night, he started the game. And the manager says he'll only be able to leave for the right price. And obviously it's vital they have a replacement lined up. For every player at Rangers, if there comes an offer, 
that is not to be refused or it's a good thing for the club that moment, then we need to discuss it. For the moment, it's not the case. So Ritvan is here and he's uh, started the game also. We will see what uh, what's going to happen. It's also players need to show that they really want to be here next couple of months. So uh, we need to be prepared for everything, for every position also. If something happens, that uh, that we have solutions. So that is one position that we have two players. One is end of contract, and another one. There's a lot of rumors around. So it's clear that we need to be ready for that position to to have solutions. We cannot go on uh, in three competitions with one left fullback. That's clear, for example. And in other positions, it's the same. What do you think on that one, Rangers fans? Would you be tempted to try and, and sell Ridvan Yilmaz and get someone else in? Or keep him? Or how would you arrange that area of the pitch? Thank you to Jeff. Let's bring in Willie, who's a Rangers fan. Could you learn anything last night, Willie? Take anything away from it? Hi, we still trying to find corners. <laughs> I knew someone would say that I saw a lot of tweets about this It was two fairly similar goals conceded wasn't it? Don't get me wrong I mean they're a good team They're a Champions League team They're in Man City's group Blah 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 I felt sorry for Big McCrory And sure Because they just come on And then lo and behold They lose three bloody goals But from their point of view They were two brilliant leaders Don't get me wrong But Even last night I didn't think Butland Brilliant last night. Two or three saves, but it didn't really look that confident either. Well, people are getting grumpy in the winter break if they're, if they're criticising <laughs> Jack Butland by the looks of it. Um, again, is this where the balance between how much attention you pay to the friendlies does come into it? Because well, Willie well, said himself, the Conor Goldson's not on the pitch at, at this point. Yeah, Jack Butland's not on the pitch. He's at this mentioned point. about the two boys coming on, you know, and then. Copenhagen get the, the goals from the corners that these things can happen in, in friendlies when there's a lot of change I think going back to I think the first caller Jeff you know talking about friendlies I think it's it's obviously an exercise that Clement you know thought was worthwhile they went away to Spain uh, for a number of days and came back to play this game in preparation for the Scottish Cup at the weekend uh, whether he's learned a lot out of it only he will know but I don't think the likes of Willie should be losing too much sleep over you know, two corners where the the centre backs have been changed, and you know that. Well, he's he's mentioned their goalie there, but arguably he's been their best player this season, or one of the the top performers. At the same time, though, I, I, I can get where Willie's coming from. You know, it's, it's if it's set pieces, maybe that's one thing you would imagine teams would be looking to try and fine tune during the winter break, that sort of thing. So you can see both sides of it, can't you? Yeah, um, I, I actually disagree with it, Gordon, in terms of what you're saying about trying to fine tune it during the winter break because. I think you know their set will slightly change depending on who they're playing. I think that's one of the things they would have probably missed out. I think they'd have worked on everything else. I think, listen, it'd have been minimal stuff. I think on set plays, they go to Dumbarton. I think it is at the weekend in the Scottish Cup, and you know they'll put a bit more into it this week, and then you know they go back to league action. It obviously it'll ramp up again. But I think your time is better spent. You know, especially um, you know during that winter break, is working on things that he wants to see on the pitch. And listen, set plays are set plays. You start to make changes. You know, people lose their markers or things are set up slightly differently. Also, he won't want to give too much away. He won't want other teams watching him and say, "Well, that's how Rangers are now setting up for set plays." So you know, it's one of those things. Yes, they've lost two goals, but I wouldn't lose, as Simon said, too much sleep over it. Willie, you're worrying too much. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's just it's nothing else. You know, you're looking for a wee bit of see. I tried to get on on Saturday, right? I watched the game on Saturday and I thought, I mean, I don't really want to say it on live radio, but they were pissed poor. 
they were really, really bad. Um, I think we've, we've lost Willie, have we? I, I think he's. I don't know if he's gone. It's, um, it's not ideal. No, it's not it's ideal. Willie's well, made his that. point. Just, he made his point about what he thought. It's but it's not sadly. ideal. Sorry for Willie's language. If anyone did hear it, I don't think that was. A, I don't think that's a six-month banning offence. I no. feel like it's a second yellow. Yes, yeah, it's, it's yeah. like, like just go and take take your ten minutes and maybe the new sin bin. I thing. don't want to see it. <laughs> just go back to the dressing room and just just collect your thoughts and just don't do it again. But in terms yeah. of what he's saying about the performance, it's a friendly. It's listen, it's two friendlies, Marvin. I, I, I know, but say, say the one, say the one at the weekend, for example. You know, sometimes teams train before friendlies. By the way, yeah. You know, it's it's just. It's I, think, just <laughs> I think that was a message that Philippe Clement was trying to get across that these both came at the end of really heavy, a kind yeah. of heavy camp. Yeah, it's not. Um, read nothing. I think. Into I think. It. I think the problem. Well, there's always an intensity there with the likes of Celtic Rangers, regardless mm -hmm. of the the game, but. Nowadays, in the current climate, it's on for people to watch. Yeah. Whereas, that's you know, it. I, play, <laughs> I played in a lot of mm -hmm. friendlies back in the day. As you say, you're coming off a hard bit of training uh, and I wouldn't want to see them again. So yeah. it's, it's one of these ones where, unfortunately, as I say, in the current climate, you've got Rangers fans sitting watching that game on the telly and, you know, aren't best pleased, but it's a, it's a, it's a training exercise. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Anyway, 01419511025 If you are Want to look back on that friendly last night Talk transfers, we're going to hear from Nicholas Kuhn For the first time as a Celtic player Celtic fans, what are you thinking of your business So far, get in touch and we'll try And get you on next Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hear it Watch it Search the YouTube stream now you are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley and Simon Donnelly are here. It's 0141-951-1025. Or you can tweet at Clyde SSB. Lorraine is on the line from Kilmarnock. How's it going, Lorraine? I know bad, thanks. What's on your mind tonight? Um, so just kind of unfollow up, I think the guy that was on previous was called Wally. He was. He didn't last very long I think his eyes must have got frozen shut last night Because he's obviously came on moaning about how we conceded two goals But like I was saying to the producer there Back five when we conceded the goals are probably A back five that we'll never see in a competitive game You know it was like uh, Who was there? It was John Suter, Borna, Ubeko and Leon King Plus yep. we had Victoria and goals you know So and the second goal was an own goal as well So it wasn't, we didn't concede two like, from them you know And it wasn't two good goals Because Obviously, we can see, you know, like we scored an mm -hmm. own goal, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. So, I, it, it just kind of stresses me out. I kind of took from it. You know, it's, it's like, see, last night, by the time I got home and looked at, like, social media and stuff, I was, my head was exploding with the amount of people that were, you know, on about the how, like, oh, we've conceded two goals, we've conceded two of the corners, the same goals. and But, yeah, do you know what? Look at the first half. That was probably more likely, like, the, the starting 11 that we were going to go with. And I thought in the first half, the guys played really well. Defended well And ultimately we went in 1-0 up To a, a team that's You know Through the, the next stages In the Champions League That finished second In their Champions League group um, So I I just I just Sometimes Like Rangers fans Stress me out With the <laughs> choose to see the negative All the time Instead of looking at the positive I get I think I totally get both sides Simon probably hit the nail on the head You're just going to like Starve the football mm -hmm. And now yeah. not only you know, do you see it if you go along to the game, but it's streamed and people see it and you think, yeah. like, it's there, it's in front of your eyes, you're going to comment on it. But at the same time, Lorraine's probably right. And that's what we said when the team lines came out last night. It looked as if 
that's that's Philippe Clement's plan going forward. Yeah. He doesn't have Seema at the moment, so mm-hmm. you know that's where Matondo is obviously looking to use. You know Fabio Silva. It kind of looked like the, the first half was him trying to lay the foundations for what's to come. Albeit Dumbarton's a slightly different challenge, but yeah. generally speaking, yeah. Going forward, like you said, Gordon. You know, he that first half team would have been the one that probably worked on an awful lot. Um, you know, he's trying to play to their strengths, and they play the first half. And as Lorraine said, there, you know, they make changes in the second half and can see two goals, one being an own goal. And, and that's what even without you know, kind of seeing the goal, what Lorraine said there, when you, you change that many people. You know, it it becomes extremely difficult, and that's why he won't be worried about that at all. You know, it's part and parcel of the game. You know, they're young players, some of them, just to learn from it and make sure you stay close to your your men, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But that first half, you know, that that would be the team that you know expect to see in the next few games coming. Like you said, the Barton game takes care of itself, but moving forward in the league, um, Lorraine, what what did you take away in a more positive sense? Then you you mentioned kind of generally the performance in the first half. Was there anyone in particular that impressed you? Well, see, be fair, I'm, I'm going to probably like stick in a lot of people's throat here, right? Because I totally love Dessers. I love that guy, and I hate, I hate the bad press that he gets all the time. Um, and you know, I felt for him last night because a wee bit, like when he kind of came on just in the second half, I, I don't even know, like a ball got played through or something, and he missed it, and he, he just instantly his head dropped, and and that makes me sad because he's a Rangers player. I don't want to see that. Um, but then on top of that, he scores a goal, which is a decent goal. He nearly scored a second, which, you know, all the boo boys will complain about that he didn't. And then he, there was a couple of good link-up plays and a couple of good passes that he made. So from that, I think it's a, maybe a wee bit of a confidence boost. I think, was it uh, Marvin that said earlier on that maybe he's had a good, you know, like last week, whatever, in Spain, and then he's coming on and that's just like the kind of icing in the cake type of thing we get in the goal. So I thought that was really good. Um, obviously, guys like Jack and, and Raskin and stuff getting minutes in their legs, I think that's massive. Tom Lawrence as well. And obviously... Seen the new guy, Silva, I think he looked really good last night. Him and him and Cantwell kinda we seem as if they're on the same type of level. Um so I I think there was loads and loads of positives that can be taken from it and I think people should maybe look at that instead of just whinging all the time. I'll tell you what, Lorraine, if I ever need somebody to stick up for me, I'm gonna get yours <laughs> because I, I I understand if people don't want to criticise serial mm-hmm. Dessers and think it's over the top, but I've yet to come across a Rangers fan that loves the guy. <laughs> and that's that Lorraine's um very much uh, given her backing, which is absolutely fine, it might be that Marvin. That we, we did say it previously. You know, the goal against Betis it was a really good goal. It was a really important one. So naturally, you think, is that the turning point? And if that isn't the turning point, it, it would seem less likely that a goal on a friendly would be. However, you just never know. Football works in mysterious ways. Exactly. Sometimes it just takes a spark, Gordon. And like we said, maybe being away and you know, kind of living in the pockets of your teammates and kind of. Earning your stripes, as you say, you know, on the on the training park, and and as we said already, you know, scoring that goal, maybe that's the extra confidence boost that he needs there. Like Lorraine said, and I've said this before, you know, obviously it's different for you two guys growing up in Scotland. You know, when I came here, I did not realise the pressure that's put on Rangers and Celtic players, and I mean, you know, being down the road and seeing, you know, Manchester City playing Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, it's nothing like they get up here. And Lorraine said it there, you know, Dessers misses an opportunity and instantly his head goes down. You know, he's someone else that's not from Scotland and, and just came into the game now. He would have never realised it. You know, and it's one of those things that you're going to have to be headstrong. You not only have to be good at football to play for the two, uh, big two clubs up here, you have to be headstrong. And hopefully, you know, that, that goal kicks on for him and, and his confidence begins to grow on the back of it. What else are you hoping for? We've got, what are we, 13, 14 days left Lorraine we heard from Philippe Clement there he's, he's you know, trying just trying to get things done it's not easy what, what are you hoping for during the window see to be honest it's, it's one of the ones obviously I think I think based on last night especially obviously Clement's kind of said in the past that 
he's always looking to have like a starting eleven, and then players that can come in and just you know it's like seamless, so that you don't notice it. So like last night, for instance, you noticed the complete difference, and and obviously I think last night showed that we we don't have that. So I think there's there's a lot of positions that, that need covered, but I guess the January window you're probably limited. So. I mean, obviously the, the whole striker situation, because as it stands just now, we've got Dessers, so he gets injured and you know, we're kind of stuck. Um, and obviously the chat with uh, Yilmaz as well, so I feel like maybe a left-back and maybe a striker. How do you, how'd you feel about Yilmaz? Are you keen to keep him around or do you think if there, if there is a deal to be done and you can you get a replacement, that, that's the way to go? I don't know, I'm, I'm stuck with him because... For ages he never really done very much And I think I mean sometimes when you see him on the pitch He looks like one of the ball boys He's tiny And I think He, he doesn't really have the stature either to, to compensate for being so small However When he played against Kelly The ball just seemed to stick to his feet And he was outstanding So I don't know I mean He's maybe just making me eat my words by, You know by, by kind of being like that But at the same time If you get a, a decent enough offer into it You need to take it Fair point. Thank you very much to Lorraine on the line on 01419511025. Uh, you can tweet us as well at Clyde SSB. Richard says the big thing I learned from the game last night was that my days of sitting in freezing cold weather conditions with moaning <laughs> wanes that the football is uh, over. Yeah. Uh, then he goes on to make terrible allegations about how he will plan to watch these games in the future the way that Gordon DL does on his <laughs> fancy television. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't be down that road um, But yeah then Maybe that's it I have to admit We, did, we haven't Last night we, we thought we'd launch Like a social experiment It wasn't always About the football It was Are you going to this friendly Why Why are you going You know What What makes you go Yeah And um, then we realised It was an 8 o'clock kick off As well So yeah. to the What was it 10,000 I can't remember the, the attendance But for those who went Well done to you yeah, Because it freezing. was freezing Yeah Last night So there we are Right Celtic fans Maybe a good time for you to get in touch, let us know uh, what your hopes are. You do have that Nicholas Kuhn one in the building. That is confirmed at Rumbled On for a few days. He is here. He's a Celtic player. He's done the whole scarf above the head, etc. It couldn't be more official. So what are your initial feelings there? And what else are you hoping for? Let's actually hear from him, shall we? Like we said, I think it was this afternoon, so you might not even have had the chance to hear this. He is aiming to reach the top of domestic and European football whilst he's at Celtic, claiming he's taking a big step forward with this move. It was, it was for me, it was clear. At the moment, Celtic uh, called and uh, showed interest that, that I want to come here. Yeah, there was some interest from other clubs, but the moment I received uh, the message, I didn't really thought about going somewhere else. I thought that I want to play Champions League and go to the A national team. Now I made a big step uh, to a big club. So of course in the future I want to play for the national team as well. That was also a point why I came here. Because uh, the opportunity is really nice. I mean if you see the stadium and everything and the fans it's, uh, it's unbelievable. Simon what have you made of that one? Like we said it was bubbling away for a while so we've had the chance to uh, you know, think about where he fits and, and what he <clears throat> might offer. Yeah, well, it's, it's the first new face in. Uh, as I say, I've not seen much, I've not seen anything of the of the guy, uh, to be honest. Uh, coming in from Rapid Vienna, uh, Bayern Munich, you know, he's, he's he's came through the ranks there. It'll be interesting to see. I've wrote down there, Abada, Johnston, Tilio, Forrest, Maeda, Palma, Yang. If I've missed anybody out there uh, that play in that area. 
Yeah, I think uh, there's eight. I think he's the he's the eight. He's the eighth, when we counted right. them up. Okay, the so I've not missed anybody out there, which is good. Uh, yeah, it, listen, he's going to have to come in and, and and perform because you know Palmer's more or less I would say nailed down one of the the positions in the team at the moment. Uh, Made is obviously away. You know, it's a, it's an opportunity for him to come in and show what he's got. Uh, time will tell whether he's going to go straight in. Uh, he's 24, so he's, he's of an age where he should be. He should be fighting to get into that starting 11. So it'll be interesting to see. It's an opportunity for him. He said there himself, he's got big ambitions to get into that German national team. And he feels this is a, is a good move for him. So I think, you know, from a Celtic supporter's point of view, I think they'll be excited. That's the first new face in. They'll be wanting a few more. So it'll be interesting to see how he develops. Just to take your words there, Gordon, I wonder why. It, I wonder if that's the reason it's been bubbling away for so long because of the amount of wings they do have. And I wonder if Brendan wanted to move one or two out. We were speaking about numbers earlier. Mm, yep. And it's got to the point now where he's like, do you know what, let's just bring him in. Because, you know, if I'm the manager, and I'm not saying this has happened, but a new two are wings, I'm saying, Simon and Gordon, you know, not, your game time is going to be limited, but you're going to see nobody else come in. Maybe you're going to sit there for even longer. I think it's got to the point now where Celtic are like, no, let's do it. We don't want to have eight wingers on our books at this moment in time, but... To force other players? Yeah, right. to let them know that someone is, is coming in. Yeah. It's not just people going out the door. And as you said, you know, he's came in at 24 years of age. They've, they've paid money for him. He's going in to start. He has to start. Yeah, yeah. He, he's there to start. So that means you, people can get pushed down a peck Yeah, maybe. Moving people out is tough, isn't it? We've seen mm -hmm. that in the past. Like Celtic have managed a couple, but ones that were even further away than the guys we mentioned. You know, like Quan was just not... Quan, barely featuring yeah. in matchday squads yeah. Adam Montgomery barely counts because he was out on loan already yeah. in the first yeah. half of the season yeah. um, no, surely, Marv, Marv makes a good point it might, it might be that one of those thought process you know this guy's coming in he's coming in to start who, who is, who's the most likely out of that is it oh. Mikey Johnson is it Marco Tilio yeah it, it, it might be it might he's be I mean, it, like I said Johnson's obviously featured of late but uh, I wouldn't say he's first pick by far Tilio has not He's not played at all, really. Uh, Abad is just back, so... It's yeah. hard leaving Celtic, though, isn't it? You know, when you're talking about people leaving clubs and, you know, it's hard to get people out, you don't want to leave Celtic, do you? Because it's, it's only downhill from there. If you stay in Scotland... You don't, Marv, but you want, you want to play. Yeah. I would argue as well. Yeah. You know, uh, you, would, you would want to play. I wouldn't want to be sitting... Would you? On a fifth of the money? That's the reality. I just think getting the it? chance to play at Celtic. You want to mm. play. I mean, mm -hmm. Celtic, fantastic club. I can speak from experience, but you, you want to play football. Uh, and I think that might be one of the things there where they've got this guy in and it might, you know, force the issue with, with lads that are there that maybe think, you know, that that position wasn't really going to be something that would refresh. Uh, maybe elsewhere a striker or whatever so this guy's came in it might force the issue with one or two there there you are Celtic fans it is now confirmed since we spoke to you on last night's show so what do you make of that what do you think should be next what are your priorities now let us know and whilst you get your calls in let me run this past you Clyde one. Five seconds of silence on Make Me A Winner means that we have to hang up the phone. And that, that's what happened. I don't, I don't, <laughs> we've had a few calamities on Make Me A Winner. I don't think we've had too many of those. So five, just silence. So, what, and then said it? No, just, just five just seconds. Five, of, that's you, your time's up. Hung up. And wow. away it goes. So, <laughs> like, there are a few things. You need to enter. You need to answer the phone straight away. Need to see Make Me A Winner. <laughs> <To> speak <laughs> straight away. Yeah, speaking's important. Oh, come on. Right. <laughs> £75,000 tomorrow 
don't, don't sit in silence and miss out on £75,000. You do need to be in that draw, though. So text YES to 61025. Text of £2, plus your standard network rate. You can enter at Clyde1.com. Online entries cost £2. Or call 0330-880-4523. And the calls are charged at a standard rate. It's over 18s only. And the entries since Peter won on Friday have rolled over. All the rules for this network competition are online. And here's the important bit. If you get the call after 3pm tomorrow, answer within five rings and say, make me a winner straight away. We can't give you all day long to do it. The 75 grand would be yours. Text yes to 61025. 01419511025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley and Simon Donnelly are in the building waiting for you to get in touch on that usual number. If you can't remember it, 01419511025. You can talk transfer business, which is a very vague, wide open topic. So whatever your opinion is there, get it over to us. If you were at Ibrooks last night and you want to discuss your thoughts on that friendly, you can. I mean, it's Wednesday, it's quite early, but we could look forward to the Scottish Cup, of course. Marvin Bartley hoping to cause a shock against St Mirren. There are a few other good games there as well. Uh, and in fact, we'll hear from the Dumbarton camp later on as they prepare to take on Rangers. But before all of that, Mark is a Celtic fan on the line. How's it going, Mark? Hi, guys. Good evening. Listen, thanks for taking my call. A pleasure. What have you got for us? A couple of things, really. See the war- there's a lot of talk recently about Lauren Shankland mm-hmm. I just wanted to try and maybe um, If I could interject a bit of realism into it Lauren Shankland's 28 years old And this is a purple patch he's in as a striker For probably the first time in his career I think he had a good spell at Dundee United in the Championship But I, I do not see him as materially improving Either Celtic or Rangers I just don't think he's at a level that he could make a difference, particularly in Europe or at the top end of the Premier League. I've seen him live a few times recently, and what I'd say about him, and I don't know if Simon and Marvin will disagree with me here or tell me shut up, but I think he's about half a stone overweight. I don't think he's particularly mobile. I think he links up the play really well, and he's got a really good first touch and a decent shot, but he's not that tall. He's not that good in the air. He can't really run. Um, He can finish, I'll give him that. But if you look at him at 28... And you compare him to somebody like Lee Griffiths for all his problems. There's no comparison in terms of goal return, um, his ability, his ability in Europe and the, the type of games that he's made a big impact in. I'd actually probably compare him to Kevin Nisbet. And I think Kevin Nisbet's probably a better player. And I don't think he's done particularly much down south. I suppose the point being, if he was any good, somebody at the lower end of the English Championship would have taken a punt on him. I think he's valued at less than two million on transfer mark. So I don't really see what the big fuss is about. I think, you know, a lot of fans have got themselves in a lather about how good he is. And I suppose the litmus test for me is Steve Clark probably rates him as fourth choice, if that. So I, I personally don't see what the big deal is about Lauren Shanklin. I think he should absolutely capitalise this on this and rinse hearts for as much as he can. Or get a move that will set him up. Not being a bit harsh, I mean, it's 19 goals in 30 games this season, including three in Europe, one for his national team, goal at Celtic Park, of course. You know, doing it pretty much everywhere. And as far as purple patches go, it was then 28 goals last season. No, is that not all a bit harsh? I don't think so. I think you have to take a bit of a longer term view. I mean, this is you're talking about when he's 27, 28. I don't think that really 
addresses the point of you've got to look at who he scored the goals against and where the majority. Well, I just said of though, didn't it? Three, three of them, three of them came in Europe. He didn't play that often in Europe. He scored a goal for Scotland this season. He scored a goal for Celtic, who are obviously, and I'm sure you would agree, to, that certainly as right. things stand, the best team in the country. He's kind of scores, kind of scores against right. everyone, really. Okay, one goal against Celtic, three goals again in Europe, but. You've got to look at the quality of opposition He's scoring against Listen, I'm not saying he's not a bad player Yeah, but here, here's the crazy thing, there. Mark If he was to sign for Celtic or Rangers That would be the teams he would be playing against So that, that would be the thought I don't think anyone's suggesting That he's going to come in Catapult Rangers or Celtic to Champions League gl- glory I think people are saying Would he be better than Cyril Dessers? Would he be better than O? I think that, that's the conversation, isn't it? If you've come in with this sort of unrealistic bar and then saying that he's not at that Then fine But I don't think anyone's suggesting that he is okay. But you've got to I suppose think about it. If you're Celtic or Rangers What's the point in signing him? Is he is better he than Cyril to... Dessers? That's the point Well I can't speak to that Because I haven't seen enough of Dessers play I don't know um, But the pro- I suppose the point is Does he materially improve your team In line with your team's aspirations About where they want to be? And if you're Celtic or Rangers I think the answer that's probably no I think he would do fine domestically for you I don't think he really elevates you. And also, I suppose, another point, would he fit into the style of play? I think he's too slow to play for Celtic. I don't think he would be able to to run at a pace to get into positions that Celtic would Celtic's wingers would put him into. So that's the point I wanted to make about Shankland. Um, the, the other point was I'm more of a... Well, let's do that. Well, let's put it to the guys, because I've butted in a couple of times. Look, I think there's obviously... Mm-hmm. They can have their, their opinion. Yeah. I'm not sure Lauren Shankland would consider blistering pace as part of his game. I'm no. sure he'd, he'd be the first to sort of... Um, but Mark's Mark's not having him at all. No, I've, listen, I, th- I think he's a, a very good finisher, and I think he's probably Mark describes it as a purple patch. He's probably, uh, uh, let's see, hitting his best form. I think uh, as a player, there's a maturity there. I've seen him in the European games, and I think he's, I think he's brought something else to his game in terms of link-up play as well. I think he's quite clever. Uh, you know, from what I've seen this season. Again, I would agree with Mark, not blistering pace, but, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to speculate what he would bring to a Rangers or a Celtic, you know, he's... he's but surely goals, though, would be the, think the it, obvious uh, yeah, answer. I, 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 think couldn't, would, I couldn't possibly guarantee that. I think, I think he would, and I think there's been, you know, in, in recent times, you know, not look down your nose, but we need to look elsewhere, you know, rather than at home sometimes. I've just wrote down, and I'm not comparing them to these players at all, but just similar kind of moves. Scott McDonald from Motherwell to Celtic, going back a wee bit, Billy Dodds going into Rangers. They, they both scored a lot of goals, you know, coming from within uh, the, our own Premier League. Uh, so it's been done before. There's, there'll be numerous other ones out there as well. It'd be, be good examples. I said last week on the, on the on the show that I thought the likes of Shanklin going to Rangers, I think he would bring something. I think he would improve uh, what they've got there. Uh, Celtic, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure that, you know, they've got Kyogo there. Again, they have to look for backup, I suppose, as well. Uh, because as much as, oh, he's still a young boy, you know, he's. I, I don't think he's nailed down, you know, that automatic replacement for Kyogo just yet. But would you play Shanklin ahead of O if he was at Celtic now in the pecking order? Or, do, or better question, do you think O could do what Shanklin's done at Hearts this season if he was playing there? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you ask him because you don't think so. You don't think if O plays for Hearts right now, you don't think he's got the no the the tw- D- doesn't do doesn't do what Shanklin's done. Mm-hmm. And you know, 
I think if he goes into either of those two clubs, is he going to be the starting number nine? Maybe not, but he is better than the number twos at both of those clubs right now. And as you said, domestically, he'll score goals. But that's it, yeah. you know. So that, that, that's, yeah, and I, th I think, that, I think that, that's that, where Mark's been particularly harsh because those are the teams he would have to play. And Mark said a one goal against. Well, I think, Mark, a I think, score, I think he scored a hat trick to, against Celtic last season. Yeah, I think in fairness to Mark, and I think a lot of fans oh, they, they think about the bigger. Oh, is it going to bring something to Europe? At the moment, Rangers and Celtic are in a race for the domestic title, and that guy. To, to reiterate what Marvin said, would probably bring goals to both sides in the domestic setup to go and win mm. that title, uh, or to you know help to win that title. Mark. So it's not a case of bringing Lauren Shankland into a Celtic or Rangers to you know catapult them into the Champions League. Mark, I know you had a second point. We're running pretty late, but if you can make it snappy, and we'll get it out there and and give you your say. Thanks. But it was just really um, Peter Lowell said maybe seven or eight years ago. Celtic have got a standalone strategy, right? They don't coexist or are not codependent with on Rangers. I think if you look at the last ten years, Celtic's strategy has been plainly to keep five paces ahead of Rangers. See the signing strategy. We we've managed somehow to persuade Brendan Rodgers to come back, but this whole you know chuck enough mud against a wall and see what sticks in terms of signing young players. I mean, look at Matt O'Reilly. He's been a massive success. So has Abada. But you look at the players they've signed over the piece. Not a lot of them have generated the type of returns Celtic would want. So I suppose it leads me to the question of what does Celtic want to be? Do they just want to be a few steps ahead of Rangers or do they actually want to try and grow the club? I think they were on a, a decent path under Postacoglu, but I don't see a strategy in the signings we're making that really would lead to success on a European level. And I think Celtic, this is no disrespect to Scottish football, they need to start. They need to look more broadly than just the domestic game, and I suppose that goes back to the chat, the discussion about Shankland. Of yeah, he might improve a lot of teams domestically, but is he going to kick you on? So I don't see where Celtic are going as a strategy. The signing of this uh, Austrian winger, Kuhn, is a good example. Simon r round off seven or eight wingers Celtic have got. Um, what is the point of signing this boy? I mean, he might be great, but is he going to improve you? Number one and. What does that say about the strategy in signing, you know, Yang um, and the, his predecessors? I've actually forgotten half the names of them. But you see what I mean? They're, they're not really generating success with, with their signings. And it's just really, where are we going? I mean, we signed two centre-backs in the summer that don't seem to cut it. You know, Bernabeu isn't hasn't been a good choice at left-back. Mm. So I don't really know where Celtic want to be. And I think as a... a Supporter, it's hard to see the vision. Mark, I'm going to have to nip it there just purely for time. We're way running over, but you've covered a lot of interesting ground that I'm sure some of your fellow Celtic fans would either want to agree or disagree with. But in the meantime, let's play this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online. The Scottish football. Come on, then, beat the pundit time. You just can't escape this stuff, Simon Donnelly. You had an, ug oh, an ugly yeah. win. <laughs> I thought, no, I thought you were going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, you, you had an ugly win against someone from the same village as yeah. you last week. Then you're you, out. You say an ugly win, but. You're out walking this morning. <laughs> I know, it's and incredible. You're, so you're approached. <laughs> I came across the guy's brother. <laughs> <laughs> he came up and. Uh, well, I actually know him. Uh, he was the BB captain when my kids were going through the BB. There so you go. I, I said hello and then he says, oh, 
I heard you on Radio Clyde you were playing my brother <laughs> beat the pundit last week I says we were almost as bad as each other I just pipped him let's hope for a better result tonight a high scoring affair if we can 01419511025 and the lines close at the end of the news so be quick tackle the headlines 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Marvin Bartley and Simon Donnelly are here It's 01419511025 And you can tweet us as well At Clyde SSB Nothing out of the ordinary We've been discussing the transfer window In fact just before the break Quite uh, quite a, a strong A strongly opinionated call About Lauren Shankland You may want to agree or disagree with We're looking back If you so wish I know it was just a friendly But come on We're starved of football here So we're looking back At Ibrox last night We heard from Nicholas Kuhn We heard from Philippe Clement uh, And there's plenty more to come So if you want to get involved Please do Right now on the phones Whilst we play this Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Right, it is Beat the Pundit time. Simon Donnelly won 2-1 last week. It was awful. It was truly awful. Now people have been approaching him whilst he's out <laughs> yeah, walking. What are you laughing at? <laughs> it makes me so nervous. I don't want to play this game <laughs> at all. This is the quietest he becomes in Beat it, the man. Pundit. So when was the last time you played? Honestly, he's I, due, I, I can't remember. Yeah, he's due. It's been a while. He's due one. I think you're right. He's due one. No, yeah. don't, don't give me that nod because I... Exactly. <laughs> Don't make me stand up again it's like we used to have to do in the old studio. Staring into space. Yeah, he's getting a bit nervous. nervous. Oh, I don't like it. John's in Tollcross. How's it going, John? Hi, how are you? How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad at Evening, all. John. Have you ever played before, John? No, I've not, no. Right. Who's considered weaker out of these two? <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a silly one. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can't choose because they're both as bad as each other. I don't like it. John sounds confident. <laughs> I think John will be alright. Yeah, like he's full of energy and he's confident and he's been... Gearing up for this yeah, all day. Wait, wait, oh, wait till the pressure's on. And the questions are a bit, a bit, bit, bit adventurous tonight anyway. Uh, heads, it will be Simon Donnelly. Just be honest with who it is, please. What do you mean? Because I have genuinely, I've never, I always trust, I always go with the coin. This is, yeah. you just come on here and spread lies. It. Okay. Right, you ready? What, what am I? Your tails. Like tails. Okay. Your tails. <laughs> I'm heads. How good was that toss? That was good. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Come on John <laughs> I hope you lose sight Devastated Right What we do here Is give Simon Some greatest hits Radio In his lugs So that he can hear What's going on John You've got 30 seconds Just answer as many as you can And pass If you don't know the answer Okay Okay Top man John Your 30 seconds Is on the clock And your time Starts now Name any of the scorers In Rangers friendly Against Copenhagen Last night Matondo. Which Scottish League 2 team have made club history by winning 11 games in a row? Uh, Which former Australian international was a Celtic coach until recently? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's Celtic. Uh, pass. Who were the last team to drop out of League 2 into the Lowland League? Pass. Scotland under 21 star Tommy Conway scored for which team last night? Oh, it's very Tommy. <laughs> Well, no passing. Passion. No, listen, I think they're tough. Don't you worry. Let's bring Simon uh, back. Uh, Simon, best, yeah. can you hear us? Yes. Um, John, it's worth bearing in mind. Simon won two one last week. That's all I'm saying. Uh, right, you've got thirty seconds. Are you ready? 
Yes. Look at that one last <laughs> gulp of coffee <laughs> to try and. Uh, Caffeine. Try. Caffeine hit. Right, you ready? Your 30 seconds starts now. Name any of the scorers in Rangers friendly against Copenhagen last night. Dessers. Which League Two side have made club history by winning 11 games in a row? Pass. Which former Australian international was a coach at Celtic until recently? Harry Kuehl. Who were the last team to drop out of League Two into the Lowland League? Breaking. Scotland under-21 <laughs> star Tommy Conway scored for what team last night? Bristol City. Well, who was the first English club that Robert Snodgrass played for? Leeds. They were easy. What do you think, John? Oh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> Dessers and Matondo, you both got it. Hey. Uh, which League Two side have made club history by winning 11 games in a row? It's Stenhouse Seven, Muir. Yeah. John got it. John wow. Got it. Was that a guess, John? Well, it was a complete guess. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky so and so, John. John doesn't even know that Stenhouse Muir are in League Two. <laughs> Settle down, John. There's Brilliant, John. John had a one in forty-two chance of getting that right. He's nailed it. Well done, well John. Done. You're two-one in front. But John. How oh, much? I know, I know. How I'm much? Amazing. How much are you kicking yourself at this next one? I am <laughs> <laughs> Which former Australian international was a coach at Celtic till recently? Did he Harry say Harry Kuehl, John? Harry Kuehl. Who, who did he say? Ah, he just panicked. Oh, he's he panicked. Panicked. Right? <laughs> you know, I thought about she because she was talking about Scott McDonald. <laughs> 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 I was having trouble to go. Yeah, Scott McDonald, but no. <laughs> uh, oh, John. I like John. I must admit, yeah. I have to say. Right. Anyway, so where are we? We live. Who were the last team to drop out of League Two into the Lowland League? Cadden Bay. Albion Rovers oh. were more recent. So there we go. Still level and right. two all. Two all. Bad guy. Scotland under 21 star Tommy Conway scored for what team last night? Bristol City. Simon goes in front. Oh, Come on. Oh, and I think John knows because he ran out of questions. Simon even. You know that way when one team's attacking and then you, you get caught yeah, out in the, the, the other again. end. Robert Snodgrass played for Leeds. A 4-2 win for Simon Donnelly. I'm devastated for you, John. I wanted you to win so much. Unlucky. I'm I'm devastated as well. Sorry. Sorry. It happens, John. Good man, John. Give it a go some other time. You'll beat Marvin. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. I'll definitely phone up again. Thank you, John. Cheers, John. Take care, Cheers. mate. I like John. I wanted him. Yeah, so did John I. Was just very excitable. Stennis Muir. What did he say? It was his football manager team. Uh, yeah, just. I'm just, interested that he didn't get that far, Gordon. Did he give you any answers or was he just passing the other ones? Because uh, has he not got to I know. <laughs> See when he got Stenhouse Muir, because he didn't. It didn't immediately sound like it was a guess. So I right. thought, wow, this guy's he's a player. He's a real deal. He knows his stuff. And then when he <laughs> just randomly picked it. <laughs> See, I go through an emotional roller coaster because then when he passed on Harry Kuehl, I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not good. I didn't expect any of you to get Albion Rovers. Mm. And then Tommy Conway is quite topical. So um, Who did he say about falling out of the league? Did he even give you a no, he just passed everything. That's not okay, he's passing. But no, How's this, he not getting because passed? I know how, he only got to. He never got to Snodgrass. I've no idea. I can't really remember. Pass. Do you know really what's happened? Pass. He's got, he's got himself, to, he's got himself two goals in front, and he's just tried to keep the ball. He's <laughs> in the corner. It's backfired. First half pin in There's the diamond away. How annoying is that? Oh man! Eighty-four <laughs> minutes on the clock. Somebody's in the corner. Oh, that man. does my head in Run because the the by the way it's always annoyed me but now you've got about 10 minutes added thanks to VAR I'll be honest can I 
confess something. Are you encouraging here. your team to do nah, that? Nah, but I said it in training at Levy. Oh, like, I, I swear it. to God, as if a you coach. Like, <laughs> no, I was playing. Right. Thirty seconds to go. I said just run to the corner. <laughs> in the seven sides. <laughs> Lads used yeah. to go mental, man. That's, that's disgraceful. <laughs> I know, that's it's really horrendous cool. for me. Tell you what, that's a good Game solid win. 4-2, you can't describe that as ugly. That's a good Better performance. performance. It was better. Um, good yeah, friendly. Because I don't, think you, I don't think you let yourself down. I think Albion Rovers, is, mm. they, those wins can be quite hard to recall. Bacon was a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Two, three years ago. And they're also in the Highland League. Mm. Mm. Oh, remember that. But Mark ah. Wilson did not take them down. No, he did not. And you were his assistant. Yeah, nothing so you to do with that either. <laughs> did you, you not know that? Yeah, you did start it. You looked surprised. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. that one. Did you not? No. So because that was the, that was cause of real genuine drama yeah, that, here. Daz wasn't happy because Mark Mark had it was staring him in the Gordon DL was literally saying, "Pick me, take me as your number two and he took Sid and <laughs> left Gordon. In the, Wait, <laughs> what does that say? Well, you know your stuff, Si. Mm. That's well, what it says. Evidently, I didn't. Well, it only lasted for didn't didn't oh, well. the manager. Yeah, he was only in for forty-two days. days. Oh wow! Yeah, forty-two days, mate. It's a short stint. No, how long was Mark there? Coaching is not easy. It's, it's a difficult. Yeah, game. it's tough. Difficult so game. Mark's been sacked, and so's Gordon. But yet on a Saturday, they're always laughing at me. <laughs> That's because they know that you're about to follow. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a, it's good a great point. Because I, I, I wouldn't get too confident because oh, they'll play that laugh back. Yeah, they will. <laughs> when the day comes. Great, guys. But anyway, there we go. Um, 0141951102.5. We'll actually hear from Tommy Conway in the not-too-distant future because he plays for Scotland under 21. Under 21, He's in the championship. Mm-hmm. He's scoring a lot of important goals. Yep, Nick in front of the keeper. There's, the goal. there's a, a big summer coming up, in case you hadn't noticed. Uh, but in the meantime, let's bring in Connor who's in Falkirk, but he's a Celtic fan. How are you, Connor? Hi, guys. How are you doing? Thanks for putting me through. It's our pleasure. What's um, on your mind? Well, first of all, uh, I want to say to Big Marv there, you're doing a great job at Queen of the South, mate. Um, good luck against St Mirren as well at the at the weekend. Cheers, Nicker. buddy. Thank you. Um, that made me feel so, uneasy because I o- honestly thought it was going to be sarcastic. It was going to be nah, some sort of me, joke. Me and Connor are buddies. Oh, my no, word. He's doing a great job at Queen of the South. He's unlucky against Allah on Saturday. So, He's doing fine, um, I think. We'll leave it there. Um, <laughs> what, what were you thinking about your own team, Connor? Well, uh, a lot of Celtic fans, in the, in, including one of your pundits, he's not on the night, but, um, and I've got great respect for Hugh Keevans. I think he's honestly got <laughs> a feeling it would be him. He's, he, honestly, he's a Mount Rushmore, a pundit, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> but the way he's gone, been going on about Celtic's transfers on, uh, this January, I think it's a bit of the top. I mean, their closest competitors right now are Rangers. And we've played them twice this season, and we've beat them twice. Uh, they've brought in one player, only, only one. So there's no a huge difference compared to the teams that we've, the, the, the twice that we've beat them this season. Do you know what I mean? So I think the main focus needs to be on the summer transfer window. We've no European football for the rest of the season. I think the main the, uh, the main um, thing is is this summer the transfer window this summer instead of the one in January. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we get players in the summer, we've got European, hopefully European football, I, I think they will win the league anyway. So European football in the Champions League next season. I, I everybody's just going to air the top with the, with the, the, there's like hysterics about Celtic's transfer, uh, transfers in this, this uh, winter, winter window. Is it not more about the specifics of it though, Connor? To those who do feel that way, and I'm not saying they're right, but is it not about the specifics of... If the question is, are Celtic ahead of Rangers, then, well, of, of course that's yes. But if you delve a bit, a bit deeper, I think some people are asking, is the squad where Brendan Rodgers wants it to be? Has this squad got the quality that Brendan Rodgers wants? 
that feels like a different question to our Celtic doing enough to be ahead of Rangers, doesn't it? Well, I, I mean, Brendan Rodgers. This, this, let's be honest. This isn't the Brendan Rodgers squad. I think most of the summer, uh, the summer signings that came in when Brendan Rodgers first came back, I think a lot of them were already in place for the for the Ange Postecoglou era. I think they were already they were already in place to come in. I think Brendan Rodgers. Ah, he's got this winter, but every, he's got this winter window. But everybody knows trying to get signings in in the winter, the winter window is absolutely is awful. Do you know what I mean? It's really difficult. Whereas in the summer, it's Brendan Rodgers' summer. That's when he can actually move forward and bring in the players, and and we'll start to see the team that Brendan Rodgers wants instead of the ones that that came for the the, the Foster Cogwell era. Do you know what I mean? I think this yeah. this the rest of the season is just mainly about. Staying in front of Rangers, which right now we are because I mean they've brought in one player, so there's one player difference since we beat them twice. Do you know what I mean? So there's no big rush in the January transfer window. To, to, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's, there's not a rush about. Again, to put it to you, to get that if that's again it's kind of like the Shankland discussion we had. If that's your if that's your question, if that's your or if that's your criteria, fine. But it just mm-hmm. it just feels like Brendan Rodgers wants more quality because he said it publicly a number of times. You've just mentioned eight wingers there yeah. because the new one's been signed. It feels yep. like, you know, Connor, Connor can say, and he's, he might be right, that the summer signings had less to do with Brendan Rodgers, although Brendan Rodgers would refute that. But this is still Celtic. It's all one big thing. And I feel like fans are just looking for a bit more of a successful transfer strategy at the yeah, moment. I think, that's I think, fair, isn't it? I think fans will always want fresh faces in regardless. I think that's just the way of it. But yeah, I but think, that, that, I think that, that desire's pay. intensified though when the previous window hasn't been good, and I know that yeah. it's a difficult window, but it's not I can impossible. T- I, can t- I can take what Connor's saying though. I think it's again it is a sensible approach. I think that, that without harping on about the past two seasons ago when they bring Maeda, Hatati, or Riley in, it's a big impact. That doesn't happen very often. I, th- I suggest that happened because of circumstance. Postecoglou knew, with the exception maybe of O'Reilly, he knew what the other two he was getting because he'd been in that field, he'd been over. And, Japan I think For that to happen Every Winter transfer window Is maybe Asking too much I, I think he is Right in saying You know the, the last game there Against Rangers I thought Celtic Were the, the best team December 30th uh, I thought they were actually Hitting a bit of form After the The, the two defeats they, they went four back to back Bernardo Came to the fore As another player Hitati came on At St Mirren Who arguably Is Celtic's mm-hmm. Best midfielder When he's you know, fully fit. He's going to come back from this Asian Cup as well, hopefully fit. They're still in a strong position. So I get what Connor's saying. Surely, but surely all... the league is close enough, right? And I, uh-huh. I, I, Connor thinks Celtic are going to win the league. I've got no desire to, to argue against that. But surely yeah. it's close enough that, that Celtic would want to make sure of it then in this window. You know, it's not like anything can be rested upon. No, I don't think. I don't, I'm not saying that and I don't think Connor's saying that either I think he's just not getting too carried away with the fact that there's only been one signing so far sure. as I say there's, there's a fortnight to go but I can see where he's coming from because at the moment you know I would say Celtic are still by far the strongest squad in the in the Premier League Yeah I think you know from Celtic's point of view when they talk about bringing in players you have to bring in players that are going to improve their starting eleven. they don't need any more kind of squad fillers so to speak as, as Simon's listed could, there You could argue they need competition at left back Yeah Yeah but potentially um, but you know listen if Greg Taylor can get back to what he was doing under Ange and then you know under a you know brief spell kind of so with, his with last Brendan two games were, were really He good. started to improve yeah, again yeah. he was fantastic last season you know if you'd have said but behind you know, him though I know, but if you'd have said last season, right, I need to bring in another left back. That, and again, that's probably 
you know, someone who's going to come in and not play. And to do that in January is difficult, Gordon, because one, you're playing inflated prices. And two, someone who's maybe started the season playing is not going to come in in January and think, do you know what, I'm not going to dislodge him. So in the summer, it's different because you've got the whole of pre-season, you know, to work your way into that left-back position. So it's tough. It is a tough window, as Connor said. But, you know, I, I don't think, you know, Celtic need to go and make a ridiculous number of signings. If you can bring somebody in, one, you can you can afford them. And two, if they're going to improve your starting eleven, I think they'll do it. But they don't need to bring in players for the sake of bringing in players because, as Simon said, they're in a good position. They're top of the league at this moment in time. And when their players return back from you know the Asia Cup and, and boys return back fit, they've got an extremely strong starting eleven. And if you can't improve that in this window, I don't think there's any point in spending money for the sake of it. Cheers, Connor. You can get involved on 01419511025. We'll speak to you next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It is that time of the night where you send a question in to us and we watch, you and I watch as the pundits struggle to come up with the answers. Uh, and that tends to be what happens most nights, but particularly on Wednesday when these two are involved. So let's get tonight's question ready. The full-time teaser with Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride. Slat wall panels available in seven colours. Now in stock at East Kilbride at competitive prices. Okay, the Crazy Pony has sent this one in for you. And it is, can you name the 11 top Champions League goal scorers who've played in Scotland? So can you name Did you think you were just getting to go Messi, Ronaldo there I saw your eyes light up (laughs) Because I think we've had it before Can you name The 11 top Champions League goal scorers Who've played in Scotland Now I always say Simon Donnelly I reckon of all of our pundits You watch the most football Mm. It's it's a theory I've got And some of these names Your era as well as a player maybe Can you name the last uh, The 11 top Champions League goal scorers Who've played in Scotland De Boer Which one? Either (laughs) Ronald No (laughs) Another one (laughs) Is it? It's Frank Gamore Yeah he does actually Wow Frank. Frank I meant Frank Yep well done Okay Any others? Van Hoydonk Nope Ooh. What I would say is You don't need loads of Champions League goals To be on this to list on this. Okay so Frank De Boer's right. got seven Let's go with Larson Yes he has also got seven Okay Did the Defoe play Champions League? Who? Uh, oh, the Nah he's not on the list No mm. Not quite enough Nope And again You might not even need to be a prolific Well Frank De Boer's a good example You you don't even need to necessarily be a goal scorer because if you've played in the Champions League loads of times, yeah, and picked up the odd goal here or there, I've got someone in my mind who's a defender. I can't remember his name. Oh, well, that's Rangers. good. What, what era? Uh, no, you're wasting your time. Wasting our time. Mm-hmm. No Rangers defenders on there. Champions League goal scorers. Mm-hmm. Who are like the, just the big name players that have come here? So you don't even need to worry about what they did when they were here, really. Who are the big big reputations, big names that have played in the Champions League a lot and have played here at some point? Newman. Mm, no, I mean you're not you're kind of, it's not the most obvious example where I tried to lead you down the garden path. <laughs> it's not the worst, but it's just not the best. <laughs> Simon used all his powers to beat the pundit. 
Exactly. I've think, got nothing for Think you. about guys that had the type of career that they were bound to have gone deep in the Champions League numerous Van times. No! But you're at least getting closer because that's that's not a terrible shout. Marv, join in whenever you, you know what? feel like. There's it. a lot of pressure. You see, when you give us a question and, and then you pause for this long, I like it like when you ask the question, a couple of guesses each, and then you move on to something else. I would move on and if then you give me just one nine, more. We've got nine to get. <laughs> If we give you just one more? If you can get one more oh. correct, we'll take a call. This this feels like when I was young and I was reading at home and I was doing a test and I was like, just get that word right and you can stop reading. <laughs> oh, Sound it, Alec. It's not like you. Honestly. Oh, dear, maybe we'll, we'll need to get back to it. We'll need to get... Thank you so much. Why are you like Flo? F- Tori Andre Flo, was he Champions League? Yes, well done. Well, thanks. Done. Marvin Bartley. He was ignoring me then. <laughs> No, I thought you said the four again. I, was <laughs> I still think there are more obvious examples, but he will right. do. Tori Andre Flo has eight Champions League goals. Oh, Jason is a Rangers fan from Balak. How's it going, Jason? Hi, Gordon. How's it going? And hi, Simon. And hi, Marvin. Hi, uh, Jason. Thanks for taking my call. Our pleasure. What uh, are you thinking? So a, a couple of things, I suppose. Uh, I was really wanting to kind of chip in with regards to the kind of Lauren Shankland. I don't know if it's a dilemma, but it's certainly a a, a, a question. So I think it's a, I think I, I would probably take a kind of logical approach, and a, I think they would definitely score loads of goals for both Rangers and Celtic. A, I think it's weighing up the value of that, a, obviously, a, with regards to his kind of actual transfer fee, because obviously, I think Rangers are. A, they don't have as much money as Celtic, for instance. So it's it's the logic of whether he would say, uh, obviously, he's, he's going to transfer fee uh, and balancing that out with regards to the obviously winning the league and stuff to that effect. Uh, so I would kind of take a chronological point, but I suppose in the sense I think Rangers uh, they could probably get better value for money, maybe in another market. Uh, than they would do with regards to the kind of Scottish League. Although he is a very much a proven striker in the Scottish League, so it's kind of that logical thing, which I think obviously brings about the whole debate, doesn't it? Yeah, and if anyone's looking for context, we actually, for the first time this window, we hadn't had, we weren't having a Lauren Shanklin mm-hmm. debate or discussion, and a caller phoned in and was very, very critical. Um, some harsh criticisms in there, um, and, and that's kind of what Jason's on the back of. I take the point. Hearts won't sell them cheap, so you might, so. you might. That would be the, the key word. You might get the value elsewhere, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, particularly mm. for Rangers, there's a comparison staring you right in the face, and it's let's call it similar money to serial deserts. So therefore, are you getting better value elsewhere? Well, that's what I was going to say. I, I don't think, I don't think you do. And forget take deserts away from it because I hate comparing players like that. I think when you're looking at someone who score goals domestically in, in the league that you're currently playing in. Um, you know, when you, you start bringing in players from, from different leagues and, and from abroad, etc., you, you talk about settling in and getting used to the league and sometimes leaving their families to come across, all, the, all these other things. Laurent Shanklin ticks so many of those boxes straight away that he's scoring goals here now. Obviously, he's a Scotland international. He's born and bred in Scotland. So, you know, straight away, if someone's going to fit in to a league and settle instantly, it's going to be him. And now he's got to back him up, the goals that he scored. Now, without being disrespectful to Hearts, the amount of goals that he scored, he's carried that front line for me this season, you know, with his goals and, and his assists. He's been absolutely fantastic. And, you know, Jason said about, you know, value for money. I don't, I don't think you do get back better value for money. And I think he goes into either of those teams 
and he would not let you know Rangers or Celtic down if either of them wanted mm. him. Because so I think he's going to cost what around three million pounds. You know, at the top, you. you Two million people. I think it's like really difficult because I, I still feel like a lot of Hearts fans listening will say, "Would mm -hmm. you listen to that Hibby Marvin <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Bartley? <laughs> that's too cheap. Too um, cheap? Do you think? I just think I think that's what they'll think for yeah. sure. Um, well, right. Listen, and it's he's one got of them once. Once I keep going back to him, broken record with mm. it. Six million if you qualify for Europe, finish third. Can Hearts finish third without him? Probably not. You know, how do you how do you weigh up? Yeah, I, I wouldn't sell him this window if I was Hearts. Yeah. I think it doesn't make any sense to do it this window, but summer. But Jason Rangers definitely need a number nine this yeah, window, do I, they? Or they absolutely do. Yeah, they, they I was at the game last night, eh, and I was I was quite surprised that Dessers get man of the match. He was he barely played for about half an hour. He did take a goal right enough, but. Eh, yeah, they're in dire need of some some firepower up front. Give, give us the eyewitness account then. Bit. Sorry, give us the eyewitness account on on Fabio Silva. Is it? I've seen a lot no, of tweets saying good. he just doesn't. He looks he looks yeah, good, no, but he doesn't look like that kind of out and out striker. striker. He's definitely not. He's, he's a guy that'll do well in Scottish football, and that's no mean me being demeaning to Scottish football. But he'll do great up here. He'll he'll definitely be. Um, he looks like somebody that can hold the ball up well. He was coming deep a lot. He had some really nice kind of opening, opening up the play and stuff, playing out to the wings and then supporting. Seems to have a lot of energy. He's quite physical. He's quite strong. He actually is really quite fast as well. So there's definitely a lot of hope for him. But I don't know. It just depends how Rangers are going to play. Most teams these days, certainly in the Scottish Premiership, even in the English Premiership, it's really fashionable to play with one striker. Than it was way back in the day with a kind of two pronged strike force. So I guess it'll just depend how he wants to play. That's uh, a really good point. And you've act, um, if you've if you've somehow done this deliberately, well, hats off to you, Jason. But I reckon you've stumbled on this accidentally. I'm going to play a clip from uh, Derek McInnes because I think it's relevant to to this conversation as well. Derek McInnes was talking today. I mean, everybody's after a striker, aren't mm -hmm. they? Really, and but he says it's just now nowhere near as easy to find a goal scorer as it used to be. You know, regardless of the level, he says that the systems teams play a bit like Jason, and the instructions that forwards are given means that it's you know it's a kind of dying breed. When we growing up, my generation, everybody was four four two. It was always twin strikers. There was an abundance of strikers. Everybody wanted to play centre forward. In the last 15, 20 years, everybody's turned to 4-3-3 and a striker needs to be able to do so many things and a lot of the time, one of the last things that they actually need to do is score goals. They actually need to run, they need to stretch, they need to press, they need to do this and that. And we're now operating a lot of times where you now we play with a front two, not most of the time, but most academies over the last 15, 20 years have been playing 4-3-3 or playing with one striker. So right away you're getting half, a, half the players playing at centre forward and the role of the centre forward has changed. So there is a dearth of number nines um, coming through, there's a dearth of number nines available and number nines now aren't always good goal scorers, which is mad, you know, so... But there's a bigger bigger um, answer to that question, but an answer simply is uh, there's no. Jason, you know your stuff. <laughs> Probably go that far. You and Derek McInnes have got it. Have we got a shortage at all levels? Yeah, I think that's just. I think there's there's definitely something in that with regards to how uh, young players have been bought through academies. I think there's there's no doubt about it. There's a real trend on formations. Uh, certainly, there have been over the maybe the last kind of five or six years. And it is playing one man up front, but you're not expecting that one man to stand up front. Alan McCoy, Alan. Uh, any other player that's a kind of penalty box striker, I can only think of McCoy at the minute. Uh, they're, they're asked to 
do a lot more. It's not just in the box. They've not got a, a somebody as foil to play off, whether it be a Hately, a, a kind of bigger guy and a shorter guy, which was predominantly how Scottish football was based. There was always a big guy and a wee guy. That's how it was. All the Dundee United teams, the Aberdeen teams, Rangers, Celtic, everybody had a big guy and a wee guy. But I think over the last five, six years, there's been a trend and a shift towards just that one striker. And they're expecting him not just to be the man to get the goals, they're expecting him to hold up play, build up play, wait for the midfield to come up so that he can then lay it off. They're expecting a lot more for for a striker. It's not just a penalty box guy. They're looking for a lot more these days. I think that's fair, Marvin. You're involved in the game and in recruitment. Like I say, it actually doesn't matter the level because it's all relative. Do you think, is it is it harder than ever to find that? I, th- I think it is, yeah. Uh, I'll be in agreement in, with Jason um, on that. That it is harder, you know, to find the striker. And like you said, just because <laughs> everyone's looking for, you know, strikers to do so much more, and then the, kind of the scoring on top. Which the lower you go down the levels, the more limited kind of the players are about being disrespectful. So it does become a lot more difficult. Um, you know, Dell saying him playing two strikers and you know Saint Mirren are kind of the same. Teams are going back to that now with a three-five-two, having having two centre forwards, but. Yeah, it is, it is kind of a, a dying breed and it, it's tough, you know, unless you've got top, top money to go out there and get a, a centre forward, mm-hmm. you, you you know, you have to yeah. kind of, you know, tick a few mm-hmm. boxes and then leave a few bases. But, but then even at that, you know, Derek McInnes take on it is, you know, that there are half the number that, that there used to be because teams only operate with... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's, listen, it's a fair point that Derek's made there. Uh, I don't think it's for the better of the game, to be honest. I mean, folk will maybe say I'm old-fashioned, but I, I, I always liked the two strikers, getting, you know, extra bodies in the box, always is an advantage to getting more goals. It's plain and simple. You're old-fashioned. I, I, I'm old-fashioned, but, uh, you know, there's a lot to, to argue for that. But in, in recent times, it has been a focal point. And as Derek quite rightly said there as well, there's different roles within a, a centre-forwards yeah. uh, remit now which back in the day was put the ball in the net. You're seeing all teams, like I say, because it doesn't matter the level, mm-hmm. they're, they're trying for that focal point. So someone who we know well in the league, Curtis Main, has come back. He's come back to Dundee. Did really well at St Mirren last season. Yeah. I know not everyone loves the loves the style and I saw some kind of criticisms of it on Twitter today, but I think by last season's standards at St Mirren, he was an absolute handful, wasn't he? He's been at Motherwell and Aberdeen before. Um, so, you know, that's Dundee trying to fit that piece of their jigsaw hearing from Derek McInnes from a Kilmarnock perspective I had cold sweats this morning when I read that Sheffield Wednesday want to steal Mika Bireth and take him on loan and cancel <laughs> oh, his wow. motherwell loan or whatever <laughs> Make, what a way to ruin the early stages of 2024 that would be I mean I, I mean Andy Halliday is just he's going to have to go and play up front <laughs> if, that, if that happens he's played everywhere else isn't he Andy well that's true that could be the, the <laughs> next step but yeah the number 9 there we go it's going to be an interesting feature of this window whether it's Lauren Shankland or someone else thank you very much to Jason who made some great points in there thanks Jason uh, on this teaser then can you name and good response to this on Twitter a much oh, wow. better response on Twitter than in that here um, the top 11 Champions League goal scorers who have played in Scotland Frank De Boer Henrik Larsson Tori Andre Flo Gattuso Nope Ramsey Yes Aaron Ramsey The night that he signed Marvin Bartley was on <laughs> He's a big Arsenal fan He said Aaron Ramsey Would take Scottish football By storm Did you? Sorry yeah, Rangers fans well. <laughs> Sorry Okay Any more? Alberts Nope You're terrible I know I think it's some of those 
marquee we always hear it those marquee, marquee signings signings that Celtic in particular made either kind of short term or loans or you know, when did the Champions League start? 1992 oh. Robbie Keane 1993 uh, um, not Robbie Roy Roy Keane you're, you're miles off it sorry Roy Keane's got so f- I get the Keane <laughs> Keane wrong and the wrong he's top he's got I 14, 14 right. Champions League goals wow Keane is top Remember his goals in was it in Turin? Yep. On the way to the final yep. ninety nine. Ian Wright. Nope. Okay, we'll get the rest of the answers. And we're gonna hear Good speaking attempt. speaking of strikers, we'll hear from someone who is a striker and reckons he can force his way into the Euros squad. We'll hear from him next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're about to speak to George on the line, but very quickly let's revisit that teaser. The top 11 Champions League goal scorers who have played in Scotland. Frank De Boer, Henrik Larsson, Tor Andre Flo, Aaron Ramsey, Roy Keane. Any more during the break? Freddie Lundberg Big Arsenal fan Marvin obviously Couldn't get that one Simon <laughs> had to do it Anymore Simon got both I'm going sir Moussa Dembele Yes well done He's got seven He would have got some of them At Celtic wouldn't he So he's on the list Couple against Man City Anymore One two three four five six seven Four uh, to get There's a former Teammate of yours in here Simon Donnelly Quite a significant Teammate of yours I would say For One reason or another Bratback? Yes. Is it Harold? He's got 11 Champions League Who's? goals. Brilliant. Harold, Harold Bratback. Bratback. Rosenberg, guys. He must have scored a few for Rosenberg. Yeah, in fact, Straight he scored all of them for Rosenberg. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Harold Bratback. Well done. Okay. Bratback. We'll get the rest. George is an Airdrie fan on the line. How's it going, George? I've been to talk to you. What I want to talk to the panel about tonight is that, first of all, I'd like to say how good we, McCabe's doing with the, the, the team. Absolutely fantastic this year. Also, I, I know it's a wee bit, maybe the second order a wee bit, but saying this, Dunfermline had eight or nine players injured uh, for last weekend, and then all of a sudden on Saturday morning, their game's off. Um, I had it had been raining in Dunfermline for about a week. And then all of a sudden they've got a waterlogged pitch. Now, if you add two, two and two together, you know you have to ask, you know, what's going on here? You know, I love, um, I love a good conspiracy, George. As much as the next guy in this show is the breeding ground for that sort of thing, so George is not happy. He thinks that game should have been on. Somebody's up to tricks what on was the it? East, uh, East End Park East pitch. Yeah. I think the official story is a. Yeah, it was a burst pipe, wasn't it, or something? Yeah. And under soil heating, our colleague Stephen Mill, who's a big. Dunfermline fan will be furious at the suggestion. But I've seen it. I've seen it thrown out there as we do in Scottish football. Yeah, no, I, I believe them. You take everybody at face value, yeah, do you? I believe them. I, I mean, surely they're gonna have to send like the kind of repair stuff to the SPFL, whoever it is that. A suspected failure of the undersoil heating system along the South Stand touchline. Water has pooled, causing significant flooding on the pitch. You're not buying it, George. I'm definitely not buying it. Definitely not buying it. I, I believe I believe someday someday East End Park's left the tap on over over the Friday night because, like I said, uh, Dunfermline have given eight or nine players out injured. Um, at, at the moment, we're flying, absolutely flying, and uh, we've probably fancied a chance to get up there on Saturday to get three points. Um, and we're very disappointed the game is off. Um, now we've got uh, St Johnson on Saturday in the cup, and we're, we're hoping to give them a, a good game. 
and uh, progress a wee bit. So, you know, um, what I said before, you know, I'm, I'm, I really, really appreciate the kind of football that we just got us playing this year because they're absolutely fantastic the way they're playing the game. Um, it's on it'll... paper, isn't it? You, we do it all the time. You look at who's struggling a bit in the mm-hmm. Premiership, yeah, and are they playing anyone? From the lower leagues, who's quite close, and it would go because that technically goes as a shock. So I've heard they, I've heard they play good football. Have mm-hmm. you seen them? Yeah, I've seen, seen them? them a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. So, so people, so people will well. be looking at that one. Uh, your old club, uh, Livy play Wraith. Wraith. Yeah, I mean the St Mirren fans will surely be quaking in their boots at the Palmerston Pep rocking up the road. They should be. Um, so it could be an interesting weekend on that front. Those yeah, would be the. I think yeah, the, the, the Edry one and the. Yeah, I think I think George on the on the, the line there. I think I looked at that as well because I've heard Airdrie play nice football mm-hmm. when they click. You know they really do, uh, and it'll be interesting. I know St John's have picked up some points of late, but on the Astro through Airdrie, it might be a little upset. Stephen Mills been sending pictures of holes in the pitch where the pipes burst, <laughs> <He's gonna> defend <laughs> defending it till his dying breath. There we go. Oh. Uh, thanks very much, to George. It was good to speak to you. And Thank if you. you cause the shock at the weekend, you'll need to give us a call back, surely. Yeah, well, definitely, well, definitely. Well. Good man. Talk Thank man, you George. very much, George, an Airdrie fan there from Hamilton. Any more in the teaser? Matthew Breckenridge has given it a right good go. He's thrown. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's not got them all right, but he's thrown some good names out there. What the what, what are we left? Three? More than that, I think. Four, is it? No, we've got eight. We not? Yeah, I got three. Okay. Three, to, three go. to get. And when do the clues start? What? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what teams? Right, right. How many from my side? I tell you, this team, you ha- exactly. You've fallen into the trap. Never. Who says it was hmm. either side? What about someone with, no. a, with a ludicrously big European pedigree who rocked up? In the city of discovery, Canidia. No, wow! But you're oh, close. Ravenelli. 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 Signed by Jim Duffy, was he not? I think. Or was yeah. he? Jim. I see. But they both Marvin, the same Scottish thing. football. Oh, he's told, no, he's told me that story. Canidia. Scottish football always been a madhouse, yes. even before you arrived. So, yes. uh, there we go. Right, let's hear from someone who came up on beat the pundit as if by accident. Uh, Bristol City striker Tommy Conway who scored in case you hadn't yep. heard him beat the pundit yes. against West Ham last night Indeed. to send Bristol City through he is a Scotland under 21 international he's said that he's, he's playing in the championship like many of our strikers are he's scoring goals he's knocking big teams out of the cup is he worth the conversation he thinks he can fire his way into the Euro squad yeah I don't I don't see why not obviously there's competition in those in my position but I don't see why I can't be challenging those boys who are who have been called up before. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting one. But like I said, I can only get there if I'm performing well for my club. So, that's my main focus for, for at the minute. What do you think? Why not? I love his confidence. Why not? Yeah, it's one of the, we just spoke about number nines there and mm-hmm. strikers there, didn't we? We're not we're not blessed with you know. There's not been a lot came through in the last number of years. Uh, the guys that have got the shirt just now are, are, are doing well for mm-hmm. us, you know, Dykes, Adams. But, but, but why not? And as Marv says, I love his optimism there. You know, going, he's recognised that he has to do it week in, week out at his, his, his club team. So why, why not? Why not aim for that? It's easiest to compare strikers who are in the same division. Yeah. He has eight goals in the champion, um, well, playing in the championship, and some of them will be cut, but he's got mm-hmm. eight goals this season. 
Shea Adams has got eight goals this season, who mm -hmm. also plays in the Championship. Lyndon Dykes has got five. Now, obviously, they guys will be there and yep. they deserve to be there and they've done a great job for Scotland. So it's not always a like for like comparison. Mm -hmm. yep. But if you were starting on a clean slate based on who's doing what at domestic level, he'd be in the conversation. Yeah. He, That's before we throw in the guy that we keep talking about, Lawrence Shankland. Yeah, no, he, he would be in the conversation. Um you know, and the few times I've seen him play, obviously with their games being on, on the BBC, he's, he's done it extremely well. Um, you know, again, last night does really well. You said he's got eight goals this season. Um, and you compare it to Che Adams, who's got eight at Southampton, and obviously Dykes, he's got five. Like you said, those two boys are, are ahead of him at this moment in time, and sure. he'll understand that. But if he keeps scoring goals, you know, you yeah. can't be ignored. It, it's that simple. He won't be ignored. And yes, you've got Shankland up here, but also Nisbet down the road as well. I imagine Steve Clark will go with four strikers, but then you've got Brown in the Jake Premier Brown. League. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's. <laughs> I suppose the other thing to consider, Simon, it is less likely that someone comes out the blue, yeah. you know, that hasn't been there before. He's maybe in a, just a rung below that because he is a Scotland under 21 international. Yeah. So it's so not he's in the system. It's in the system or yes. whatever, you know, if that's, supposed to, if that's supposed to be a thing, you know, supposed to be that trajectory there. Does that give him a slightly more? I don't, you know, know, if, say I don't know if playing for the 21s gives him a slight advantage. I think he'll be on Steve Clark's radar like a lot of players across the board. But the thing that will bring him more to attention is continuing scoring goals. And I think, you know, it might be a long shot for the kid, but I like his optimism. He's, he's obviously got that in his focus mm -hmm. and he realises he has to do it week in, week out. So. Good on good on yeah, he's only 21, mm -hmm. so if it's not this Euros, once we qualify for the next World Cup and so on, it might, yeah. might be in there. Uh, right, three, what is it two more? Three more in this teaser? Three more. Is it still? Is it? Yeah. De Boer, Larson, oh, Flo, Ramsey, oh, two, Ke two. Roy Keane, Yunberg, Dembele, Bratback, <laughs> we got, Ravanelli. We, we got to nine before I realised it was out with Rangers and South. <laughs> oh, I, I don't even understand. Long, I still well, obviously, it. most of them will be. Right, the two right, that you've so got. The two left, two. A of... former Rangers striker and a former Celtic midfielder. Let's start former Rangers striker. We talk about out and out number nines earlier. He'd go into that category for sure. Out and out number nines. Actually had quite a significant Champions League season with one of his clubs just before coming to Rangers, I think. H Hately. Or just after. Um, Mark no, Hately. What? After that. So, by the way, similar hair. Nobody could have similar hair to Hately. <laughs> Croatian. Oh, the big guy. Oh. Yeah. The big guy, yeah, the big guy, totally. Oh, what's his name again? Is it going to be S? Mm, no. Oh, man. I can picture him. I'm not saying that's a good thing. Quickly. Oh, I hate this music started with 47 seconds. Dado Purso. Purso. And the, Purso. the former Celtic midfielder he came up from Chelsea. You remember it? Sort of, that would be kind of Gordon Strachan-ish era, round about then, forgive me if I'm... Out, but I think it's close. Yep. Oh. Yarisic. Yes, Yuri Yarisic. Pulled that one out. He was decent, by the way. He wasn't bad. Thanks yeah. for that yeah. insight. Yeah. Good. Thank you to Marvin and to Simon. We, we are well. back tomorrow, and it's the return of the quiz with Gordon DL and Mark Wilson. Always good entertainment to be had. Uh, and in the meantime, you might as well stay right there because Callum Gallagher is up next. <laughs>